information is the basis on which we make uh, sometimes life and death decisions. Welcome to Media Minded, the podcast that helps you tell facts from fiction. Produced by Shoutout UK, the UK's leading political and media literacy education platform, in association with ACT, the Association for Citizenship Teaching. This podcast is made possible thanks to the kind support and sponsorship of the US Embassy in London and the Global Engagement Centre at the US State Department. I am your host, Matteo Bergamini, and I'm here today with the amazing Damaso Reyes, originally from the States, but now chilling in Barcelona, I believe. That's correct, which is, There's worse places to be, to be stuck in in a, in a, in a crisis. Um, he has 20 years of international reporting experience and is the founder of Clarify.media. Welcome, Damaso. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a bit about yourself, because uh, you've had an amazing journey as an international reporter, and now you're setting up your own consultancy. Yeah, that's correct. So I've, I've spent uh, my career as a journalist, uh, living and working uh, in places as varied as Rwanda and Indonesia, and uh, spending about 10 years living and working uh, throughout Europe. And a few years ago, I began working in the field of, of media literacy education, and uh, I've recently started my own uh, firm as well. Amazing, amazing. Thank you. So what is the role of the media responsible journalism today, do you think? I think it's to communicate accurate information to the public. Um, as we're currently all living through a, a global health crisis, uh, accurate, uh, nonpartisan, unbiased information is more important than ever because information is the basis on which we make uh, sometimes life and death decisions, especially when it comes to our behavior uh, around uh, coronavirus. But is there an issue there? Because obviously there's, uh, I mean, specifically in the UK, there is a growing distrust in the media, and I think that's kind of a phenomenon in general. Um, how, do you think, how do you think this affects the work of journalists and media? Well, I think this growing distrust, which has been a trend for decades now, uh, makes it much harder for uh, standards-based, fact-based journalists to actually communicate accurate information with the public because the public is less trustful of institutions in general, and the media in particular. Uh, they're less likely to believe information that's accurate and fact-based that happens to conflict with uh, preconceived notions that uh, people already have. So this makes it the job of the the standards-based press much more difficult. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, people are getting their information from sources that aren't standards-based, that aren't fact-based. Why do you think that is? Because why is this, this growing distrust? Well, I think that um, part of it is that people are able to get information from so many other sources now. Uh, and often that information and disinformation and misinformation is tailored to appeal to them. So I can tell you a lie that sounds uh, very appealing, and a reporter can come along and tell you a truth that uh, isn't as appealing. And most people will you know, naturally want to believe the thing that's more appealing, whether or not it, it has any basis in fact, unfortunately. Mm. So it's almost like emotion or your own uh, what's the word? Your own, um, your your own biases come in, and almost override what right. 
what fact-based journalism does because it may not necessarily be something that you'd like. And there, there's a term that we, that we actually have for that, and it's called confirmation bias. So it's a natural mm. tendency that we all have to believe information that conforms to what we already believe. And unfortunately, people who spread misinformation and propaganda understand that concept quite well. So they tailor their misinformation to pander to our fears or our anger or even our concern for our own communities. And and I mean, I'm glad you mentioned misinformation. Um, obviously, during this crisis, we've seen a lot of it. <laughs> um, some outrageous, some ridiculous, um, a lot of it untrue. What kind of misinformation have you encountered during this during this time, during this pandemic? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I didn't think that I could see more misinformation than I was already encountering. Uh, but the coronavirus has uh, surprised me, I think, along with, with so many other people. There are a lot of conspiracy theories floating around about uh, the origin of coronavirus, how you can get coronavirus. And I think the, the strangest one that I've seen is actually um, one that surrounds 5G cell phone towers. So there's this conspiracy theory that has no basis in fact that says that living near a 5G uh, cell phone tower or a mobile phone tower uh, will lead to you getting coronavirus or you're more likely to get coronavirus or some some kind of crazy nonsense like this. And it has actually led people to attack these uh, phone masks and set fire to them. Uh, there are two cases in the UK of this happening. And uh, this is, you know, a prime example of why misinformation and conspiracy theories aren't just harmless. People, unfortunately, there's a small subset of the population who takes these conspiracy theories so seriously that they take dangerous, violent, and sometimes fatal action on them. So it's it's another, I think, important reminder that information is is far from harmless. It can actually people can take a, uh, dangerous actions based on misinformation. Yeah, I think actually in the UK we're up to about uh, t- ten. I think it's ten uh, masks that we've burned down so far because of that conspiracy theory. Um, not the thing that I would like us to lead on, but hey. So what? What can people do to stop the spread of misinformation and essentially protect themselves from this, as you say, like very harmful information? So there's a reason why we call uh, things viral rumors, uh, much like actual viruses, much like the coronavirus. Uh, we as human beings are the vector for misinformation. So what happens is, is we see we see a piece of information on social media. Maybe we don't know that it's misinformation. Most of us don't know that it's misinformation. And it triggers a reaction, uh, usually a very strong reaction. Uh, maybe it makes us angry. Maybe it makes us fearful. Maybe it makes us want to share the information because we think uh, this information will help protect our community. And so then we share that piece of misinformation unwittingly. So I think the first and perhaps most important thing we can do is to not share information that we're not 100% sure of. If we have any doubt as to the legitimacy of the source of the information, if we have any doubt as to any of the claims made by that piece of information, if we find ourselves very strongly, almost irrationally, emotionally triggered by that information, we should stop, we should pause, and we should definitely not share it. And if we want to take a, 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 
another step forward, if we want to help our community, we could actually do some fact-checking ourselves. We could do a quick Google search or we could do uh, a quick visit to a standards-based news site and see if the information uh, that, we, that we're coming across is actually valid and accurate. But the most important thing we can do is to practice a kind of social media hygiene, just in the same way that we've all been asked to wash our hands for 20 seconds. I think it's uh, it really important for us to take 20 seconds or even maybe a little bit more time to understand if the information that we're sharing is actually true or actually accurate. I love that that analogy, actually, of washing your hands, uh, digitally washing your hands and making sure that what you share is actually clean, informative and, and factually based. We have a responsibility to protect our communities. And part of that is by uh, sheltering in place and, and isolating ourselves and practicing good uh, physical hygiene. But we also have a responsibility to um, our social media neighborhoods, uh, the, the people and in, in communities that we exist in online. So we should take that responsibility to protect people uh, just as seriously as we're trying to protect each other uh in in real life couldn't agree with you more thank you so much damaso that was damaso reyes thank you for listening to media minded the podcast that helps you tell facts from fiction produced by shout at uk and recorded and edited by sabina mckenzie brown this podcast is made possible thanks to the kind support and sponsorship of the u.s embassy here in london and the global engagement center at the u.s state department